it's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does no does you no good? Listen to me and eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. So I'm telling you, one heart ladies, we're going to be enjoying some fine food next Saturday with Pastor Shana Greenwood. We do it once a year and all I can say is, I want to see you ladies there because we put it on to bless our region. But I want, I am so grateful that, you know, Pastor Rob is a very good, kind, generous man that we can put on these events so that you can come for free because we want to bless you. We want you to be so refreshed. I want you to be so filled up with the finest and best food. That is my heart. That's my desire for you. But I would love you to register. There's... um. Um, it doesn't cost anything, but we just want to make sure that we're catering for enough people. So, plug from Pastor Pauline. Please come to Spring Retreat next Saturday. It'll be great. I'd love to see you there. So, church today. I am so glad the One Heart Kids are in church today. And I just want to say, I've got four points to my message. Four points. If after the service, the One Heart Kids come and tell me one point, I have a treat for you. Pastor Rob, there might be one left over for you for later. So if you can just tell me one point, I can even give you a little red hot tip. On those colouring sheets that you've got, when I say point one, write it down. Point two, write it down. Point three, point four. So, um, yeah, it's good to write Remember, so what I'm going to do today is we are going to talk on one chapter in the book of Colossians. You'll find Colossians in the New Testament. There's Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So he made up of four chapters and we're going to go through one chapter. Or we're going to go through 17 verses of this one chapter. And it's found in Colossians 3. The background of the story is the reason that the book of Colossians is a really good book. All the books in the Bible are really good books. But this book focuses intensely on Jesus and it encourages us to put him as first place. So Paul is the writer of Colossians and he's really writing with that focus in mind that we need to keep Jesus as first place in our lives. The reason that Paul wrote this book to the Colossian church, Colossae, was because this particular church had been exposed to some false teachings that made them cast doubt that Jesus was really Lord of all. So he's writing this book to explain to them that we need to put Jesus over everything. Jesus over all the worldly thinking, Jesus over being self-focused, Jesus over legalistic thinking. Legalistic is when you follow every minutest bit of the law. Now, sometimes those things can be right, but when people are so legalistic, it comes across so prickly that you go, oh, it can be right what they're saying, but it's not very palatable. So make sure that we... We're going to learn about how to be palatable or what to put on later. But so, and even 
he was writing to them to say, stop being so carnal in your thinking. Carnal in your thinking is doing what when you want, whatever pleases you, doesn't matter, that's what I'm doing. So this is what Paul is writing to the Colossian church. Maybe Paul would write that to the world of today, maybe. But that's why we can read Colossians and learn from it. So shall we read it now? So what I'm going to first do is read the first 17 verses and then we're going to go through it. Okay, buckle up, put your seatbelts on because it's good. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, ice to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. And that means killing off everything connected with the way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. And grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. Paul's a good writer. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now, so make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity and dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes. You've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilised and uncouth, slave and free, mean nothing from now on. Everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline be even tempered content with second place quick to forgive an offense forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you and regardless of what else you put on wear love it's your basic or purpose garment never be without it let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other in step with each other none of this going off and doing your own thing And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus. Thanking God, the Father, every step of the way. Lord, I thank you that we can come around your word today. I thank you that your word is powerful. It's alive, it's active, 
and it wants to give us life. Lord Jesus, I pray that our hearts are receptive, our ears are open and our feet are prepared to follow what you're asking us to do. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. So if there was a title to today's message, we all need a title. Because if we have a title, we can put that on the podcast, really. So today's title, if you want to re-listen, it's called There's Going to Be a Bonfire. This is going to be part of a two-part series. So the first part, why I've said it's going to be a bonfire, is for us personally, when we need to get rid of a lot of rubbish around our house, we had um, Lester come and pruned all the side of the church up, and there was piles of green waste like you know trees and all that and we go oh go put it out on our block there was so much that we didn't have one bonfire we had two there was so much rubbish to get rid of and so the first part of my message is getting rid of the rubbish so for us a good analogy was we got rid of the rubbish by giving it burning it up so there's going to be a bonfire and the second part is going to be once all the rubbish is gone you can then build on a clean slate now I don't know if you've noticed this, but I was driving up Flinders Highway and there was a property as you're going up towards Winter Hill, Winters Hill, and it was a real run-down property. The sheds were all old and rickety and there was old buildings that were beyond living in. Anyways, someone bought that property They started knocking down all the old buildings and they had a clean pad. And you go, wow, look at the view from that that particular block of land because you couldn't see it because it was all full of rubbish and junk. And then they built a beautiful house and a beautiful shed, new fencing. And I'm going, wow, I couldn't see what that was going to look like, but it just looks so good. And so why I'm saying this all to you is sometimes that's the analogy of our life. Sometimes we have to clean all the rubbish and the garbage away to see what God wants to build there. Are you with me? Okay, so are we ready to go through Colossians 3? Let's go back to the start again. It says, and we'll kind of dissected a bit as we go 17 verses now children remember one art kids we've got four points I'll remind you of the points write them down see how many treats you can get okay so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ act like it okay pursue the things over which Christ presides don't shuffle along eyes to the ground absorbed by all the things in front of you got the power bill in this week just doesn't stop going up car needs a service oh now they said it needs new tires keep shuffling along with all the things that are going to bother us do you know the price of groceries do you know how much that's gone up to but what he's saying is lift your eyes they're the things that just worry us for the here and now But do you know why we're in this church now, why we're Christians? It's because we're living with an eternal perspective. So we've got to lift up our eyes and go, okay, doesn't mean the bills don't disappear. We've just got to have the wisdom of how to deal with that and process it. But make sure we keep our hearts set on eternity and of things of eternal, 
eternal value. It says, look up and be alert. That's what, what is going on around Christ. And that's where the action is. Who agrees? The action is going on when we're getting ourselves on fire, in tune, speaking in tongues, worshipping God, being here when we can. And look at things from his perspective. It says in verse 3, the old life is dead and your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators. Remember that. Not everyone else can see what God's doing on the inside, but you know what God's doing. You've got to hold on to that like a jewel. It is Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Now, who uses the word obscurity? It's not a word that I use very often. I don't find myself writing an essay and putting the word obscurity in it. But obscurity means being unknown, inconspicuous or unimportant. That's what the word obscure means. And God says, Christ says, where to be content with that? There's something for someone right now. Take a screenshot. Got to learn to be content with being obscure. Then it goes on, verse 5. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. So my first point for today is we need to learn to be assassins. You heard correct. The first point is we need to learn to be assassins. It says we're to kill off everything connected with that way of death. What are the things that we're to kill off? Sexual promiscuity. We've got to kill it. Impurity. Lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. Paul's a very creative writer. These are strong words that Paul is using, but he's saying why it is so important that those things need to be killed off. We need to let the assassin get a hold of them. So, if you're scrolling through Facebook and something comes up which isn't right for you to be looking at, do you know, I don't really know how Instagram works because I'm old-fashioned. still look at Facebook. There's got three little dots on that top and you can go, um, there's different things that you can go, I don't want to see posts like this because the enemy has no new tricks if he can get a little hook in, he'll do it wherever he can. And you need to say, no, I don't need to see stuff like that. I need to delete it, like delete that site. Because they even ask you to follow certain things. They just put stuff up there. Of course, you might like that. You've got to go, no, I might not like that. If things come up on YouTube, well, maybe you've got to stop looking at YouTube. You've got to take that off your computer. Take that off your phone. It's not going to kill you until you can have that killed off and it no longer has control over you. If the assassin needs to be onto all of those things, because it says, doesn't it sound like doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like doing it? I mean, somehow that's got to die when we said we give our heart to you. Because we all still seem to want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And no one's going to tell me what to do. Assassin needs to come. I often say, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. 
Because the reality is Lincoln Cinema's probably not playing a full-on pornographic movie. Well, I don't know, because I don't hear about it. I don't really know. But it's usually the little things that try and get in. So it tells us in Song of Solomons 2.15, I know Song of Solomons, Pastor Rob's favourite book in the Bible, but this is what it says in this book, in this verse. It says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grape vines are blossoming. There's a couple parts to that verse. In this chapter, it's talking about, you know, people who love each other coming together and don't let anything come between your relationship. Great, good. But what I'm saying is we're going to make sure we don't let anything little come in. And it says get rid of all of them. We, we don't need the little things. The second part of that is before they ruin the vineyard of love for the grapevines are blossoming. Because you know what it does? It doesn't only affect this season, it affects the fruit of the next season. Because if the foxes get it, you've got no fruit. And you know what? We actually want to be fruitful. That's why it's really important that you need to be an assassin on everything that is doing you no good. And if you have to ask and say, oh, it's not that bad, you've got to get the assassin onto it because it's already bad because it's just a little thing. All right, the next area, point two. So you're writing ready for point two, one heart kids. It's we've got to learn to be in the rubbish removal business. So it says, it wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. So he's saying if you did it when you didn't know better, well, you've become Christ, you've become new creation, so, you know, that's got to be killed off. And, but you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. So I should have underlined that, gone for good. In the, this is all reading from the message translation. In the New Living Translation, it says you've got to get rid of it. Now, when they're talking about getting rid of it, it's not meaning sell it on marketplace. It's not meaning make a little bit of money on the side. It's meaning get rid of it that no one else has it as well. Because when we built that bonfire, all that was left at the end, like, you know, you have it and Pastor Rob was raking it in and it gets smaller and smaller and then it just kind of, you know, just burns on itself, combusts down. I'm not the biggest fiery here, as you can tell. But all we were left with at the end was this little bit of midgy ash. That was it. And that went into the compost anyways. But so from this huge, massive rubbish, it went down to nothing. So it says all of this has to be gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity and dirty talk. So all of those things need to go on the bonfire. And when things go on the fire and they're burnt up, they can't be retrieved. That's why we need to burn them. So bad temper is being easily annoyed or angered. Don't put up your hand if you have bad temper. Irritability. Women, you can't even blame it on nothing. Okay. It's called being cranky. It's a state that involves feelings of anger or frustration or being impatient, stop talking you two, and quick to get annoyed, especially over little things. So no more. Irritability's got to go on the fire. 
meanness, unkindness, spitefulness, or being unfair. That's going on the fire. Profanity, blasphemous or obscene language. It's got to go on the fire. Dirty talk. We've got the kids in, as it sounds. The next part of that scripture says, and don't lie to one another. That's got to go on the fire. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and you've put it into the fire. The next thing that we've got to become. So point three, one heart kids, write them down. You've now got to become a wardrobe stylist. So the old's gone. It's gone. You can't get it back. It's not retrievable. So now we've got to be putting on the new. It's got, now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. Can you believe it? God's now making you some clothes. And it's got the, rela- the label of the creator on it. So can you imagine the best labels in the whole wide world? I had to ask for some help because I couldn't put the Kmart label here. Couldn't put Anchor. That's not, that's not a creative label. They're just knockoffs on other people. So can you think of something better than Louis Vuitton, Yves Saint Laurent's, Gucci, Prada, Dior, all these famous creators? The creator's label is better than that. You're wearing the most finest garments that ever could be. It says all the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outside, cider, uncivilized or uncouth, slave or free mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Ready for it? Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength. I love that word. Discipline, being even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offence, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic or purpose garment. Never be without it. Musicians, you can come. Now, these are the new clothes that we have now got in our wardrobe. We just read them, but we'll just go through them. So compassion. It is sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering or misfortune of others. We need to put on compassion. Kindness. The quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. Kindness is something we've got to put on. Humility, a modest or low view of one's own importance. Put that on. Quiet strength, unwavering resilience, boundless empathy, abundant kindness and persistent optimism. I love that. Discipline, practices that by design can lead to life transformation that is such a good one to have is having a disciplined lifestyle even tempered not easily annoyed or made angry 
content with second place, exactly as it sounds, satisfied and happy with second place. We're not taught that in this world, are we? Quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. Wear love. Never be without it. This fashion will never go out of style. Do we still have items from our old way of living? They need to go on the fire. And this is a question that I need to ask myself as well. Because this is what I need to be dressed in. I need to be even-tempered, not easily annoyed or made angry. And I'm telling you, I want to operate out of quiet strength. That's powerful. The last point that the One Heart Kids need to write down is you now need to become a vocalist. It says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other. Have you ever heard someone sing out of tune? Don't, don't, don't nudge your partner. It's not a very pleasant sound. If you've got people singing on stage and you have to maybe people need some vocal training. And do you know what the vocal training is in this passage of scripture? It says, get in tune by living in the peace of Christ. That's how we get our vocal training, when we're, when we're keeping in tune with Christ and we're in step with one another. It says, this is what the Bible says, it says, none of this going off and doing your own thing. There's a point to remember. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Do you know what you've got to give? To have a disciplined lifestyle, you've got to give it time. And he's saying, give it the run of the house. You know when you have little kids here running everywhere? They have the run of the house. It's their house. They do whatever they want. But he wants us to give Christ the run of our house. Give him time. He says, so give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. It's like I said before, we can say stuff to people. It says instruct and direct one another with common sense. So I think if you're clothed with compassion, kindness and humility, when we talk to anybody, it will be received. That's called using common sense. And then it says, this is where you've got to be a vocalist, and sing Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Do you know, when we wear the garments that God is asking us to put on, the Creator's made for us, we will start to fill gaping holes that the world is looking for. We will begin to fill gaping holes in our community. We are the hope that Port Lincoln is looking for. We will fill gaping holes in our family because we are the hope that our family is looking for. Can I ask you all to stand with me this morning?
Do you know what? I just want you to close your eyes. You know, we're going to have a little bit of reflection time. And even when I ask the singers to sing in a moment, I don't even actually want you to sing the first couple of bits that they go through because I just want you to be able to reflect between you and the Lord and say, God, do I need to be an assassin this morning? Is there things that I haven't killed off yet that have taken, put a hook in my life and I need that gone? Or do I need to get rid of some of the old stuff and put it on the bonfire? Like my bad temper and being irritable, being mean or talking bad. Do I need to get rid of some of that stuff? Or have I not taken on the creator's label with the new clothes that I need to be wearing by wearing compassion, kindness, humility, having a quiet strength, living a disciplined lifestyle? Am I quick to forgive? Have I not cultivated being thankful? Have I not let the word of Christ have the run of the house? Have I failed to give it the room it needs? So I want you to just have these couple of moments with the Lord. And if there's stuff there, go, you know what, God, I want to give it to you. I don't want to hold on to it. I actually want it burnt on the fire. I don't want anything left. I don't want to have to keep dealing with that. And then after we've done that, we're then going to sing our hearts out. So music team, 